0: click it! I heard a cop
1: calling.
2: Hello and welcome to the Cop Table Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Phillips. Alongside me tonight, co-hosting, is our regular Peter Collis. How are you feeling, P? How are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad at all, thank you very much. You On sure. tonight's show, we have ex-Liverpool player who made... 51 appearances for the club, scoring one goal in the Merseyside Derby at Goodison Park. Now a freelance media analyst and corporate events manager. We'll say a very warm welcome to the show to Nick Tanner. How are you, Nick? Good evening, lads. Not too bad, thank you. Very welcome on the show. Okay, and on the Manchester United side of things tonight, we have the head of the Preston North End Academy recruitment team. Andy um, is a massive supporter of grassroots football, making his second appearance on the Cop Table podcast. So, a very warm welcome to the show once again to Andy Livingston. How are you, Andy? I'm not so bad. Good evening, chaps. Good evening. Good evening, mate. We're going to start off with yourself, Andy, tonight. Spotlight has been firmly on Wayne Rooney and his situation for the past couple of weeks now, with him being dropped at United and then... Booed off by the so-called England fans at the weekend. What's what's your take on it, Andy? And did he deserve to be dropped from from the Manchester United starting eleven when he did by Jose
3: Mourinho? Do you know what I mean? You know, Rooney's been a fantastic. We all know what a fantastic player he is. And I, I'm going to be quite controversial. I think here is that I've always thought that that Rooney, as believe it or not, he hasn't achieved what he could have achieved as a footballer. And that seems strange talking about somebody who's England's leading goal scorer and played in World Cups but when you look back and when he was 18, 17 had the world at his feet and everyone's talking about him he hasn't really been close to to hitting like the heights of the you know the Ballon d'Or or European footballer of the year he's not consistently been mentioned as a as a PFA player of the year which is you know sort of indicative really of uh, maybe he hasn't quite hit the heights that everyone thought it was capable of and I think this is it, it has been coming I'll be honest it's been coming if not this season certainly for the you know for the last couple
2: Yeah and it's come out tonight hasn't it Andy that uh, Gareth Southgate's actually um, been in his press conference this evening and said he's not going to start for England either tomorrow night so
3: at the moment it seems like he's a, hes in complete free fall doesn't he? Um, I wouldn't say free fall but I mean he's a, hes like all oh, good player you know Fast is permanent, form's temporary. He's, he's on a bad run of form and hopefully he'll come out of that. Um, you know, and he will hit the heights again. I'm sure he will because everyone, you know, you look at people were talking about Ryan Giggs being finished when he was sort of 33, 34 because he was losing his pace and all of a sudden he reinvents himself and, and out he comes and gets, you know, plays till he's 40. So it'll come.
2: Yeah. like Forms temporary and classes permanence, and Wayne really has been a fantastic player for Manchester United over the years. And it's one of them things, isn't he? He's likely to play, come on at some stage at Anfield and and put a performance in, isn't he? That's the type of type of player he is.
3: Do you know what? I, you probably took the words of what I was going to say, a little, you know, maybe later on that. Yeah, it's it's written for him, absolutely written for him. He's had the week from hell, you know. He'd probably start against Liverpool and turn in an absolute worldy.
2: <laughs> let's hope no, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay then uh, over to yourself Nick Peter go on
4: yeah um, how happy are you Nick with the news of Felipe Coutinho rumoured to be uh, off the new contract
5: I think everybody's interested in good players aren't they just going back to Rooney quickly I think, I think exactly what Andy said is I think he's been treated a bit shabbily though by, by Gareth Southgate. No disrespect, you, you know, he could have done it in the last game, the home game against Malta, and give somebody a chance and said, "Well, you're going to leave you out today." I mean, one of the first things he said in the press conference was, "We're going to we're going to play with a different midfield." So straight away he's got the midfield thing in that he played him in midfield. And I just think if he's going to play him in the Malta game, he should have played him up front with Sturridge or somebody against probably one of the worst teams in the world and got a bit of confidence up and got three or four goals or something. Then played him again up front. I just think he's been. Uh, I think he's been treated really shabbily, in my opinion. I mean, I don't get where they come from. I, I, I was saying to my lad, I hope they come on. And he sat alongside him and he says, you know, he's definitely playing you know, tomorrow night for England, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Whether he deserves it or not, to be treated like that, I think is um, is a bit unfair, really. Sam Allardyce should have done it in the first place, got rid of him. Roy should have done it in the first place. And, you know, I think it's just the way they've dealt with it. As England's captain, it's, it's embarrassing, I think.
2: Do you think it's a sort of... Gareth Southgate's trying to put a market down? Yeah, but he could have done that on Saturday. That's what I mean. He could
5: have said, I'm leaving you out on Saturday because I'm playing this team. But but to sort of, like he was sat alongside it was, it was It was cringeworthy watching him say, well, I've left Wayne now and I think he's a great player and it's not to say, and it, it's all that bullshit they always come out with all the time, the managers. And I think he should, they should have just been straight with him and just not played him. What's the point in playing him against Malta? I don't see the point. There's no point in it. As for the crowd booing, that's a, that's a joke. You know, John Barnes went through it and, Better players than, than Wayne Rooney have gone through and got booed in that. It don't do any. I, I one of the things I hate watching football is when opposition crowds boo players that used to play for their club or something like, that and they've left. Just concentrate on your own team, sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? And try and get behind your team if you're going there to support them, get behind them. So I'm just getting that off my chest because that really annoyed me tonight with, with Wayne Rooney. I think he deserves ten times better than that. And like Andy said, I, does think, I do think he has underachieved, but he, he ain't got a bad record, has he? So at the end of the day, it will look a good record on paper, and it's just you know. I, we haven't never won a, a tournament. I don't know what all the talent we've had, but that's not just Wayne Rooney's fault. So, never mind. Anyway, Coutinho, what a great player! Let's move on to it. <laughs> Fantastic news. <laughs> on. No, I just, I just think we everybody's looking at our players now because they're playing well. And that's the difference. So they're all going to come in for them, and it's it's great for the lads because as soon as Barcelona or somebody gets mentioned, they get their wages get tripled. We hopefully keep hold of them, or we get hundred million for them. So. You know, it's all good news, but we want to keep hold of him, really, don't we? We want to keep hold of all the good ones, and I don't think Jurgen Klopp will want to get rid of them. So,
4: I think it's great for for the club going forward. Yeah, I think Liverpool need to get out of this mould as, as well. Of bit uh, selling the best players, and I think if you yeah. tie Coutinho down to a long-term contract, hopefully it does keep him at the club and doesn't enhance his transfer fee. Well, that's
5: what I said. If we can get into the Champions League, get which we will get into the Champions League this year, fourth at least, top four in the cup. When we get into the Champions League, there's no point in them going anywhere else, anyway. So let's be honest about it. If yeah. if all it is is about money, then, then don't worry about it. But we all know what European nights are like, you know, at Amford and Old Trafford. So these people go abroad and they they play in their games over there. I mean, some of the games they play in Spain is, is embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah, it is, this yeah. is the best best league to play in for any player, in my opinion. You know, so so we can keep hold of him yeah, I
2: totally agree. yeah and uh, just staying with yourself Nick talking about uh, Jürgen Klopp he brought in quite a few players in, in a summer transfer window but out of the players who he who actually signed who's impressed you the most?
5: Well as as we said the other day I think Matip for a free transfer I mean I only cost 20 grand but he's even a better you know buy than what I was so I mean he's, he's just <laughs> fitted in alongside lot of people yeah, he didn't. The only thing is he didn't have to play in the reserves for three years, like most of the players used to have to do in them days to try and get in the first team. So, But no, I think I think Matip has been absolutely outstanding. And so, obviously, Mane's a different world to the rest of the players in the Premiership. And he, he reminds me a lot of Suarez in some ways, the way he goes about his business. And, you know, he's a threat to everybody. And um, we just want to get back to watching the Premiership, don't we, really? Rather than all this rubbish about international football, isn't it? Can't work out yeah, himself,
2: I was, I was talking to one of the guys in where today, and he said he went actually out to watch the game with the four or five of his mates, and he said he didn't even know what score the game was. He said they all just sat around there talking between themselves, and yeah. it was oblivious. It was it was like watching paint dry, but that's another story, isn't it?
5: Yeah, but no, I, th- I think I think you know, and again, I go back to saying about Man United. They're they're a threat to anybody. He's you know he's not stupid, Mourinho, and if if we didn't have Klopp, I would I've said all along that. I'd love to have Mourinho at Liverpool. I got shouted down by a few people as you normally do, but he's a born winner. So whatever happens this season, I'm sure he'll, he'll take the league to as Jamie Carragher said as well. They'll be up around it this year, and I think um, you know for years to come. So him and Klopp getting together in the, in the Premiership um, is going to be a great battle. I can't wait for Monday, nor can anybody else.
2: Exciting time for both teams and both managers as well are going to be having a. Closely scrutinised by the cameras, aren't he? But with Jose Mourinho. Andy came in during the summer. Have you been happy with the start he's made for the season, or are you still a bit sceptical? Skeptic- and uh, will judge
3: at a later date. Well, when I came on last year, if you remember, when we were talking, and I said that I said at the time that United had to react because of City getting Guardiola, and they did react, um, and it was the expected choice. And and my fear is, it's not where we are this season. It's not even where we are next season. It's where we are in three seasons' time with Mourinho being a three-season man. Uh, When you look at his other records, he's got a fabulous record wherever he goes with winning trophies. But it worries me if he then if he then gets bored, as he has done. Where does he then leave us? You know. So we'll we'll wait. So I think we'll judge Mourinho in, in his fourth season, shall we say?
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, like you say, it's interesting. He signed the, um, he signed a three year deal, hasn't he? I think. And like you, like you did say on the podcast last season with him coming into it would look like him replacing Van Gaal. And, um, is he the man to steady the ship? But yeah, it's going to be interesting. And like you say, give it two, three seasons. I think it is the best, uh, it's the best option for Manchester United fans, isn't it? Just to give him time to bed in and. I think the
3: difficulty's been is that after you know we we can all look back with a you know I was watching as you know I was watching United I was uh, United before Fergie you know and even you know and we you know United fans are looking back now with sort of you know nostalgic eyes about the swashbuckling style of Man United you know but I saw some turgid games under Fergie <laughs> and, you know and, and but what I have to say is is that there's a lot of players at United who have who have had to try and now adapt to the third different style of football yeah. in a very short space of time, and it is going to take time to steady that shit With new players coming in each season as well, into a, a different style each season, so that's that you know that that's going to take time to work its way through.
2: Excellent stuff, Andy. Okay, Peter, uh, do you want to head over back to Nick? Yeah,
4: um, Nick, with the rumours that Adam Lallana won't be fifth for Monday night, um, who would you bring into the Liverpool side to replace him?
5: I don't I don't really um look at too much into to who's rumored to be fit or who's not fit or whatever. We see Klopp seems to be the one who who tells everybody, you know, the day before a game who's fit and all that sort of stuff. And I think we've got so many different options at the moment, um, that I don't really know I couldn't tell you what he's gonna pick after time. When I see these leaked teams come out, you think that can't be the team and it normally is. And he, he, he tends to rotate a few of them anyway, depending on who the opponents are. But um so anybody really, I don't think it makes much difference who comes in, as long as it you know, if he plays Sturridge up front on his own or does it does he use his normal Firmino, which he usually plays away from home. So whoever he plays will do a good job. So I don't really, I don't know if he's going to be fit or not. It's, a week's a long time, isn't it? They normally drop out of England and then they come back ten times fit. So yeah,
3: sometimes usually
5: that's the case. I don't know yeah. if the clock had a little word in the line as and said. <laughs> like the old days wasn't it? with the yeah. Scotland players we Kenny didn't used to tell him the day before and so we got a slight hamstring and different things like that and didn't bother going so I, I think you you know like I said there's rumours of teams and stuff I, I take them with a pinch of salt until you actually see them written down on a piece of paper because it does change day on day
4: doesn't it really so yeah who would you start between the posts on Monday night would you stick with Carrius or would you look to bring Minule back in I,
5: I can't see how he's going to leave Car- Carrius out straight away and just um, go back to Minulay. Otherwise, he's 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 doing, you know, he's going from one extreme to the other, and he's just trying yeah. them out. That looks as though they're trying them out, and then you know I, I just think there's no way he'll change the keepers around. Um, I, I, in all fairness, I think Minulay was a bit harshly treated. Really. I think it's a bit too soon to bring him bring a different keeper in when, when he did, he hasn't done a lot wrong this season technically, and they've been playing well. The team's been playing well, so I was a bit surprised when he changed the keeper last week, but. Um, we, as we say, we trust in what Klopp's doing. He, he tends to get most decisions right. So, but I can't see him changing the key. And again. You know, swapping from one to the other. that's not going to do anybody any favors. No, no Yeah, not really yeah. Much. yeah that, that, like?
2: that was one of the actual um, yeah questions I was going to ask you, you yourself, Nick. Okay, Nick. While staying with yourself, tell us a little bit about the Legends Show that's going on on the tenth of November um, the Shankley <laughs> Hotel in Liverpool.
5: Well, we got uh, uh, going back to goalkeepers. We've got the the craziest goalkeeper I think many of us have seen on the telly, and I've been around him a few times and seen some of his antics. Is we got Bruce Grobler, we have got Phil Thompson, the obviously the captain, and then we got Terry McDermott on the show. So going to be a great show. Well, I think you lot are coming along. We're going to actually make a cop table, aren't we, and do a little podcast thing from there. And so everybody comes along.
1: On
2: there for you as
5: well, yeah. That should be a laugh. And we got Darren Farley on the stage as well doing his all his impressions. You know, he does quite a few of them, not not just England, not just Liverpool players, England players. As Michael Owen is, is funny when he kneels down as Michael Owen and sort of does his commentary, the most boring commentary in the world and stuff like that. So so it's a good little show and it's more of a show than a, to than a just sit down and listen to lads what they've done through their careers and stuff and we've got music, you know, we've got everything on there so it's a great night. It's a bit like the podcast, I suppose. It's a bit, you're, it's a bit off the cuff when they're on the stage. We don't, anything, nothing's scripted so... Um, we ask the, the audience if they want to ask any questions as well, and some of them we can't ask for obvious reasons. But um, most of them, they're quite happy to to answer, and uh, so it's a good night out by all.
2: Excellent stuff, cheers, Nick. Okay, then back over to the to the football side of things, Andy. What do you make of the the summer signings at United that Jose Mourinho made, and out of them, who's impressed you the
3: most? Do, do you know what I think? He's if you when you look, Mourinho recognised what was needed, and he went straight down the spine of the team. I think. The lad Bayi or Bailey, I think. Yeah. Know, the, the, it's a good Lancashire name that he's got. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think I think, uh, I think it, it, you know with it, with him and Pogba and Ibra- Ibrahimovic, I think the two that have stood out for me are Bayi and, and Ibrahimovic. I, I think you know Ibrahimovic quite obviously wants to play for Mourinho and wants to play for Manchester United, and and, and I don't think no matter how much he cost, I, I don't think you can underestimate that. You know, I, I look. Over, I'm looking across at, at, at Liverpool and thinking, you know, the one. There's a player there that really wants to play for Liverpool, and it, believe it or not, and it's showing in his performances. And that's James Milner. Yeah. yeah, he he wants to play for Liverpool. He's bought into Jurgen Klopp's ideal. He's bought into the club. And you know what? What an understated and yet magnificent signing that's been.
5: Totally agree. And he yeah. got he got loads of stick as well <laughs> that season. I find yeah. it amazing. that's somebody like himself, like you said, is and and I agree with Ibrahimovic. I think he's one of the best signings of the of last summer, and and that's that's my main worry on on Monday night is he's going to you know be up for the game. Like you said, some some people want to play for managers. You can tell straight away the easiest man, yeah. and you know I'll sort the players out on the pitch. Boss, leave it to me, and he'll be captain. In fact, I reckon
3: they'll drop Rooney and have him as captain. Yeah, I think that's a possibility, you know. But it's it, you uh, like like Nick knows if you want to play for a manager. You're going to play. Uh, every professional goes out there to do a good job. There's no two ways about that. But if you really want to play for the club and the manager, you find that little bit extra all the time.
5: Yeah. Uh, well, I did. Do you, I mean, you were saying about the non league stuff and the grassroots stuff. I, I managed at non league level. And we, you know, that's one of the reasons I took players and everybody does to different clubs because they want to play for you. And, you know, they might get £10 less playing for you or something, but they want to turn up every week and you know, and and it goes back to the old thing. If you've got a good dressing room where lads want to play for you, you don't have to do a lot. They they self police themselves, and I think that's what it's like now with with Ibrahimovic coming through for them. And and I'm, I can imagine Milner being the same in the Liverpool dressing room. You know, sorting the lads out. I know he's yeah. not captain as such, but uh I'm sure he's the one who does all that for the for the boss. And, and he loves him, doesn't he, Millie He calls him
3: Buddy yeah. Milly. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, great signing for it Brilliant. Both free transfers, weren't they? There we are. There's two free transfers. We just
5: the money in the game and Milner and Ibrahimovic, both free transfers. Doesn't matter what wages they're on, but, you know, never cost a penny.
4: I was just about to say that, yeah, to uh, the two plays, he's a discussion, both free transfers, so... <laughs> See, anyway, the... And, the, and the Liverpool fans were moaning because Klopp wasn't spending
5: enough money in the summer. And he's made a profit. They moan on that. And look at the team now, and they, I just think... I think it's exciting times for Liverpool, especially, because, uh, you know, we have been in the doldrums for the last... 20 odd years in the premiership. And I think this is a good opportunity for us to to do some of this year. And I just hope we can finish it off. You know what I mean? So I'm not getting overconfident, but I just think he's got so many options in different positions as well. And off the bench, if he wants to change things around and, you know, even Sturridge is saying now he's he's added something else to his game. <laughs> We're in
2: luck. He can run. <laughs>
5: yeah,
2: yeah, he can actually use his head. Apparently, was <laughs> that what it was? I don't know. I didn't read the rest
5: of it. It was on a tweet, so I didn't read the rest.
2: Yeah, apparently, he said he's now learned how to uh, head the ball. Shall we say, which is uh, quite unbelievable. Since which is quite
5: to... embarrassing for an
2: England player I just to turn around and say that. <laughs> lad has been playing football since he was about seven or eight.
3: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Klopp, though, if ever there's a perfect fit for a club, it is Jürgen Klopp to Liverpool because when you look at his record, at, you know, particularly at Dortmund, he's he's more of a star maker than uh, than a lot of yeah. managers. You know, he, he gets the best out of his players. You look at the players he's brought through at Dortmund. I mean, you know, everybody talks about, your. Know, he, he made Kagawa what he is. He made Lewandowski yeah. what he is. Goetzer, Royce. Those sort of players. Mkhitaryan, who United have signed. And, you know, Hummels. Don't get me wrong. These are good players. But he makes... He's a star maker. You yeah. Know, he gets the best.
5: He's, I was yeah. going to say that. I watched the documentary on him again the other day when they were saying about it. Now, this is just a coincidence. But but all the fans were singing You Never Walk Alone at Mainz when he left. They were singing You Never Walk Alone at Dortmund when he left. And he ended up at Liverpool where they've always sung You Never Walk Alone. I thought that was quite surreal. Being honest, I thought... But yeah. but exactly what we're saying is just he's he's made for the club. And like like you said about getting the best out of players, look at Adam Lallana. Everybody was giving him grief last year. Now he's turned into the, one of the Liverpool's best players and maybe one of England's best players. And yeah. I said I said a couple of weeks ago, I loved him when he was at Southampton. I used to see him play for Southampton and thought, whoa, what a player he is. He can go past people and score goals, and that's why we signed him. And something happened under Brendan Rodgers where he just, you're thinking, what the hell have we got here? It's a totally different player. And then Clock comes in. And he's back to his Southampton skills again, but his days and stuff. So
2: I said, it's not just Lalana though, is it? As well, it's one or two others, other players yeah. that done that. Dejan Lovren's another one who, who Liverpool fans. Yeah, but my man, every yeah, they, they, they was writing them off, left, right, and centre. He, he can't run, he can't tackle, he can't do this. Klopp's come in, took over. He scores a winner against Borussia Dortmund. He's, he's defending really well. He's he's playing like a leader and. He's another one of the players that you say has turned his career around under the guidance of, of Jurgen Klopp.
5: Yeah, definitely. And Jordan Henderson, in all fairness, I think he's you know he's now England captain somehow. I don't know how, but he's ended up as England captain. So fair play to him. But you know, again, dropped down, his, he dipped down in his form under Brendan Rodgers and then came back. I mean, every every time I saw him play with Stephen Gerrard, he didn't play that well, Jordan. And when he played without Stephen, he seemed to raise his game a little bit. But Perhaps he's now, you know, maturing a little bit and he's going to be a, a great player. But again, he was another one the fans didn't. Is he any good? Is he not? But Klopp's put his faith in him and kept him in the team, has he? Every game. So is there anybody yeah. bad in the team? We're, we're, we're all chatting too good here. There must be some downers, <laughs> surely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, as long as yeah. we leave Moreno on the bench. Oh, yeah. Well, hang on. He's had his cut again. My fair play to him. He's had another air cut to try and impress the boss. Oh, he's getting all shaved off, off now, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. I just like to talk about the, um, the tactical side of the game on Monday night. Starting off with yourself, Andy. Um, United tactics. Jose Mourinho has a tendency to surprise people at times, and he's been known to play attacking teams. He's been known to to park the bus. In your opinion, is he gonna is he gonna go attacking or is he gonna pull handbrake up slightly and, and play a more defensive um, formation against Liverpool on Monday?
3: It's it's quite it's quite bizarre, actually. I, I actually. I think whilst he'll play a defensive formation, I don't think he's got a choice but to play attacking players with the like, you know, with the likes of Rashford, Lingard, you know, Martial, Ibrahimovic, Pogba, Rooney, Rooney. If he plays Rooney, <laughs> they're, they're attacking players, and whilst they'll have defensive responsibility, will it, I think he'll play counter-attacking? I don't think there's two. I don't think there's two ways about that. I don't. He, he will go there to keep it tight. He'll go there, not to. He, yeah, he has a he has a saying, doesn't he? Uh, about three options in a game. It's uh, number one, we win. Number two, they lose. Number three, we don't lose. And that's that's the way he's, he wants. And I think he will go in with number three, definitely. But he has got. He will try and hit Liverpool, I think, on the break. Excellent,
2: thanks, Andy. Okay, and on the tactical side of things for for Liverpool, Nick, obviously. Klopp's not got um, a cemented formation as it is. He, he play, well, he likes to play the two defensive midfield players and then in front of that it's pretty much Off you it's, go. <laughs> it's three roles, yeah. It's it's you can play on the left, you can play on the right, you can come central, you can mix and match it. What's that's why what I was saying just now he's he, gonna go for the jugular.
5: Yeah. He he doesn't he hasn't got any other way of doing it, I think now he's realising. I think that's why we're saying, I think the players have bought into it and said, Look, you know, we we got to go like this. It's the only way we can play. And it is, you know, I've been a defender myself. It is, who am I picking up? I don't know what I'm doing there. You know, Firmino's dropped in there. He's come back in storage. is now running around there. got Coutinho coming through. And then Lolana. So as a defender, you d- you don't know what's going on. I mean, it, I'd love to say how he actually does it and coach it. Because Andy knows as a coach. You try and coach that to people. But they seem to just keep the back fork pretty tight. And like you said, I have one or two older midfield players and the rest. Off you go. Just do whatever you want to do, it seems to be. But yeah. I, and again, they haven't played bad this season. I, I did notice he said that in how many 700 games of football he's never seen a game like Burnley where a team can have so much possession and and not win a game. He, he's he said that. I seen that in, in in print the other day, and I was only mentioning it the other week. So I think they played well in every game. When they go forward, if they sit back, they can't. They can't. They can't sit back. They just got to go for it. All the games that we've we've won, even last season when Klopp was in charge, just go for it. So it'll be an entertaining game. So if you want to make some money in this on the football, which I know we're allowed to now, we just bet over two and a half goals every game that Liverpool are playing in because there ain't no, they're not playing out for nil nils. Yeah, yeah. I,
2: think, um, I think there's a bit of a restriction on Andy's betting um, through, because of his Preston North Oh, is end. it? Yeah, uh, sorry, I meant us oh,
5: we're,
3: we're a big <laughs> restriction.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I meant us three sorry yeah <laughs> Be a piece of Joey Barton going on <laughs> <laughs> what is the rule on the betting now Andy because I just I, my lad was asking me today if, if,
3: basically if you were if, if your main income is through football in yeah. any sort of guise you cannot bet on any football game right it's, it's, they made it really clear before that it was all about whether or not you'd been in the competition in the competition yeah. out yeah. the competition how long you've been out of it but now it's just uh, a blanket. No, thank you. no, you can't do it.
5: But can you remember when betting first started? I can always remember. And then Harry Redknapp ruined it for everybody when he he put a bet on. They won the. <laughs> it was the first throw in, and they, as soon as they he knew that they got the toss, you know, and had the kick, he rang up his bookmaker and had a bet on the first throw. And they kicked the ball straight out for a throw, and it was like <laughs> not even a second, wasn't <laughs> it? it straight out, so they, they stopped spread betting on on the throw ins. So if you look now, but I can't think we ever betted when we. When, when we were playing back in the day, I don't think anybody did. They all we used to bet on the horses,
3: not the football back then. Yeah, yeah. But I think that, uh, to be honest, it's probably pushed a lot of the uh, a lot of the lads into that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and you know more than more than they would because I, I do know obviously, like you said, there was quite a few lads who would in games that they weren't involved in put you know put this the stuff on. But now, now it's quite simply, you can't do it. Which is fair enough, as long as it's, you can't have, like you said before, you can't have well, you can bet on this, but you can't bet
5: on that. I was telling my, my lad asked me today why he's banned again for the betting, and he thought he could. And I said I'll, I'll double check, but I, I thought it was that. It's all football, isn't it? Yeah. So you yeah. can't can't yeah. bet on another team. Like, yeah, right like the way through.
2: Yeah. um right like the way through the the whole of football. Basically, if you're involved in it, you, you can't bet on it. So right, okay then. Um, oh yeah, just another quick one. We'd just like to ask you, Andy. How's the how's the academy doing at the moment? How what's the
3: what's the script? Uh, it's, it's it's good. It's good. There's um, you know, we're sort of picking up. We're getting ready. Sort of going through our sixteens at the moment. We've got meetings tomorrow night with them. Uh, we have got a, a pretty decent group this time again, and you know we we invested a lot 2 3 seasons ago into into the recruitment side of things as you know you know trying to get players in and we you know we and now it's getting harder and harder to get into you know even ourselves as a you know a cat 3 academy because the quality's pretty high you know but there there's still players out there you know with that, that I was talking to our our first team scout Ian Miller and you know there are most definitely players out there who are so you know, 18, 19, who are putting their heads up and saying, hey, I'm ready. Uh, so, we're, we're maybe going to start looking into that a little bit more, but we'll wait and see on that one. We'll wait and see.
2: Excellent. So, and the, had um, you seen much of Rashford before he, he broke on the scene at United?
3: I did. It's funny because I, I, I've i watched the last couple of United games at under-16s. Uh, I watched them Saturday as well at under-18 level. And yeah, I, I, always, I always feel, uh, I watched them against Man City, actually, the under-16 game. And Man City were a fabulously organised outfit. And Jason Wilcox went on record recently as saying, we play four-three-three. it's just that we play it better than anybody else. That's why we're successful. They're a really, really good team. And yet I do feel that United have got the individuals that are going to come through. I mean, Rashford was one of those. James Wilson, you know, Lingard. You know, you could see that, that there's a couple of others who were who were there at the moment. The lad Angel Gomez, right? You, you can see that United, in my humble opinion, have got the individuals that stand out that you think, yes, you're going to be the one that comes. Mm. To but you. the
5: problem you got is you got the manager, who whatever anybody says, and he's sat in there and said about he done. He got a great record playing young kids. He don't play that many kids, does he? That's the problem. That and that's that's an issue for all the Premiership managers, isn't it? Because of the the pressure's on them to you know from, from man united's point of view is to try and bring these lads through and give them give them an opportunity somewhere on the line that's the same as I worry about liverpool it's exactly the same because they're doing so well that mm. these young lads aren't going to get a chance from the, you know the ones who play pre-season and stuff and i just wish that all the clubs would not be forced to play them, but but there must be a, a different route. Andy, people like yourselves must get so frustrated having all these good lads and not ever getting them into the first team.
3: So, well, it, it's funny. We were we were at a game. We had a game recently with the youth team, and, and one of the coaches at a Cat One club that we played was was saying, "You've got no pathway. How do you track players at Preston North End? You've got absolutely no pathway for them to be professional footballers." Yeah. Um, and he was citing the fact that they've got an under 21s and under 23s, and that's their pathway, and blah, blah, blah. And we just turned around and said, Well, if you looked at our first team squad last year, 10 of those came through our academy.
5: Brilliant. Yeah. Now,
3: Brilliant. and 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 so uh, actually, we have got a pathway, and it's to a first team. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, we're fortunate that in Simon Grayson, we've got a wonderful manager who, who will, if you're good enough, it doesn't matter, he plays you. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he plays you on form. Um and, and, and it does worry me because, I mean, the under-23s has had a slating, in, hasn't it, with the EFL Cup. People have vaulted with a fee. There's question marks if it's the right thing to do. And I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Nick. I'm not sure that that pathway is there. I'm, uh, the high, you know, you look recently. Two players who, at Manchester City, turned down scholarships at Manchester City because they couldn't see a pathway. Yeah. Oh. I mean,
5: it's soul-destroying. I mean, like I said, I, I, I'm glad that you said that, that 10 got through at Preston, because, again, people in the area should think, where am I going to... I mean, looking back, I know it myself and you know it, but parents with a young young, you know, lad who's maybe 10 years old or something like that, they just look at the name of Man United rather than looking at a club where he's going to get an opportunity and maybe go to Man United after he's, he's earned his stripes, so to speak. But yeah. so many of them in these big clubs, and Chelsea are probably the biggest ones who... who how many players did they ever loan last year, and that, that, that come through their academies and they never ever get to the first team level? Now, I know they're trying to change, and I don't actually know what the rule is because I thought it was that they had to bring so many players through. But I was told the other day it wasn't, and and I think the day's got to come where you've got to say you've got to have five or six homegrown players in your Premiership squad, or you and that's the only way you'll ever do it because not force them to do it, but force them to try and give it a chance at least. Because I can't see anybody get, getting in the teams. Where's Stephen? The next Stephen Gerrard going to get a chance at Liverpool? And, you know, yeah, the gigs yeah. and, and people like that at, at their clubs. It's, it's just not going to happen. I can't see it ever happening because the premiership is, is so important now. But, it's, it's you know, the lower clubs, if any parents have ever listened to this, you know, give them a chance at a lower club. At least they can say, we, you know, show them proof. we got 10 players in our squad last season that came through the academy. And that's give players a chance of being a professional footballer and actually playing a game rather than being yeah. at Man United or Liverpool on 50 grand a week and never playing a first-team game. You think, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> something's wrong. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so there's no better advert there really for Preston North End's academy, is there? Then look, you will get your chance, and it, it's been proven. Well, like Andy says, Simon yeah. Grayson, the manager, he's even he writes in his program notes every week, doesn't he? Andy, like you say, he puts on the bottom of his, his emails, if you're good enough, you're old yeah. enough, and yeah.
3: um, it's a if fantastic. At, that's it. You look at it now. I mean, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna plug it. You look at it now. We, we've got the goalkeeper Matt Hudson, who's who's training with the England Under 18s. Clive Smith, who who actually left Man City, came to us. You know he, he's pushing for a start, and you know the, the Alan Brown was picked up by our scouting system. Bailey Wright, you know Ben Davis, and you know you can go on because there's yep. others in there as well, and it's it's fantastic for us. You know, so and you know it's something we're very proud of at Preston.
5: But that's what needs to be done. That's what there's not enough people. Given them a chance. That's the problem you got. Is and you know how many managers get sacked every five minutes. I mean, I, you, you pick the, you know, look on the Twitter and you put Twitter on somebody else has been sacked and stuff like that. And you think they may as well have gone down and put the youth team in because all the money they spent in the summer, they've ended up with getting sacked anyway. And you think just just go for it. Isn't it? A manager, yeah. you know, you. I know it's all about results, but in the end of the day, you've got to see someone, you know, somewhere some light at the end of the tunnel where you can say we're actually doing something with this we're actually going to bring all these players through and that's why I I fear not in a good way but I fear for Man United because I can't see how they're going to bring any of them
3: through I think he was forced to play Rashford wasn't he really more or less (laughs) yeah Uh, and Lingard yeah because they've got no pace (laughs) yeah well they were there and they were established in the team so you know it was it was a gimme we'll wait and see. like I said it's where we are you know it's, it's where we are in Mourinho's third season
5: yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And I think, and again with Klopp, I think, you know, he will give the young lads a chance if need if if needed. That's the good thing. He won't go out and spend money on people that he doesn't think is good enough and give the young ones a chance. But it's just how many of those are actually going to stay there and be, you know, displaced the first team players for argument's sake. Because Liverpool did play a lot of the lads in pre-season when, you know, the England lads and that came out, the international lads came back. And I thought they all done really well. And it's, it must be difficult for Klopp because I know he likes all the young lads and stuff. And you know, he was the one who said he doesn't agree with the loan system. Now I think he's saying he does agree with the loan system now. So, no, you know, he's learning all the time, but I think he's, you know, there's enough young lads, you know, you know yourself, there's just so much, so many young lads around. And why do we keep going abroad and bringing them all in? That was <laughs> no, true. What well, did managers, <laughs> in the, in the, in the, yeah. the January transfer window, will come and they don't look down to, to Preston to buy somebody, or they don't look down to Bristol Rovers, my old club, to, to give somebody a chance in the Premiership? They go, oh, we, we, they can't be good enough. We have got to go to Spain and buy somebody from Spain. They are good enough, but they're not given the opportunities. That's the problem.
4: It seems to me though with like Premier League football and big clubs, that did rather a lesser side like a. I don't know, say, say if you, you look at sides like a Stoke or someone, they, they'd rather the Stoke sign the, the, the players in the lower leagues who are potentially going to be great players. And then in two, three years' time, once Stoke have made them into a good player, they'd rather pay like 30, 40 million for them. Instead yeah. of Get, let them instead try of, and teach them, yeah, instead yeah, of giving them the experience Instead itself. of them basically <laughs> giving, their, giving them their apprenticeship and giving them game time, bringing them on. They'd rather see someone else do it because the big clubs can afford to pay it. Like Look look at someone like John Stones with Man City. Yeah. John Stones, when he was at Barnsley, there was loads of clubs linked to him. I remember Liverpool were looking at him and then all of a sudden Everton sign him. And, and you know, you know, sides like Man City or United, even Liverpool look at them players and go, well, if he turns out to be a decent player, we can afford to throw 30, 40 million at the club and yeah, they've made the player for us.
5: Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, that's what I said is, but I think, I think if managers somehow they could turn around and say, you have to buy in, say, for argument's sake, there was a ban on, you know, Brexit or something came in. I don't even know what that is about, but still, if that came in and said, you can no longer buy players from abroad, i.e., are, are you young lads, I'm not about, you know, experienced players. That maybe under, you have to buy sort of under 20s from it, from the lower leagues, for argument's sake. You'd have a 10 times better league. You'd you start bringing them through if you put some on it like that. You can only buy, under 21s from the lower leagues from English clubs it's got to change somewhere because they're never going to get a chance in the premiership and believe you me just because you're born in Bristol or you're born in Preston doesn't mean you say you're not as good as somebody who's born in Manchester or born in Liverpool it's my biggest thing I've always said to lads is just you know you're as good as those players playing for Liverpool when you're that age it's the coaching you get and it's how much you want it yourself and how much you develop it's not where you're born but it seems to be so so far away from the premiership that, that any of the lower league players ever get a chance. You know, so I'm hoping with Vardy and that coming through and Antonio that, that more premiership clubs are looking down to the lower leagues and start feeding the money back into our own divisions because that's what we need to do and back into our own clubs.
4: Yeah, I agree with that because I don't know if Andy, will, Andy has an opinion on this, but say for example if I ever watch Liverpool under 23s or Liverpool under under 18s. You look at the starting lineup, and nine out of the 11 players are foreign names from all over Europe. Now, I can't see the point. <laughs> now, exactly, as you said, but for me, really, when I was younger, I was at Everton's Academy, and an Academy is for coaching local lads or young English yeah. lads. That's what an Academy is about. But now it seems to be, you always see it at Liverpool pre season, you'll see in the echo Liverpool signed a 15 year old from Barcelona, Liverpool signed a 14 year old from bloody Iran or somewhere, yeah. and you think? What, what 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 is the point of that? Because to be honest, they're, they're never going to make it. But that's never, what I said. I can't see make, the point in it. Exactly.
5: But they, but they, they make, have to. Do, they have to bring a rule in where they're going to say to the clubs: you have to buy young lads from this country. Otherwise, it's never going to change. And like you said, I think Rafford was the first one who brought them all in because Stevie Iwo was doing a great job with local lads and Irish lads and Scottish lads, etc. And then Rafa came in and decided to bring. I mean, I can remember Mike Marsh said to me. One of the training sessions or pre-season, they turned up and they all had headbands on. He looked around and they are all like <laughs> the old long hair and headbands. He thought, oh, what, "What recruits have we got here?" And it was all
3: Spanish kids. Do you know yeah. it's funny because did you read the did you read what Seamus Coleman said recently? He basically was was saying that the young lads are more the more worried about turning up with the right wash bag than yeah. actually being a footballer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, and and it is I I, I, I do believe. I mean, I even see, I see that at Preston North End level where I think some of these lads, um, like you said before, the parents, they'll go to the Manchester Uniteds, the Liverpools, the Everton's, the Man City's, and they expect them to make their son a footballer. Yeah. There is, there's the ones that make it or the ones that go to any academy in the world and yep. say, I'm going to be a footballer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, and it is that, that, it's that that makes the difference.
5: But I was saying, I was on Radio City on Saturday chatting to uh, Snowden and Chris Kirkland. And I said the same is that we're, we've we got such a wonderful youth set up in, in this country that we don't use it. It's, it's just criminal when you see it. And some of these lads, you know, you you know, the Preston lads have played in that standard at probably 18, 19 years old. That, that, that makes them a 10 times yeah. better player because they played in men's football. And the under 23s is difficult for people to play in and... Then, difficult for people to shine in but it's also difficult for managers because you, you're never going to know are you in our day used to play five or six reserve games before you know before it even be looked at for the first team now because mm. you can have five or six players on the bench you end up with you know players that don't play for months on end and then the, and then the first team expects them to turn up and, and, and play and be match fit and, and stuff like that and you could go and watch an academy game and you know we could all pick out five or six players, but I bet you in 20 years' time they're not the ones who actually make it because th- there are so many of the same sort of player played in Liverpool and Man United academies. It's, it's wrong in a way. I mean, you know, we, We've hit the nail on the head. All of us have said the same. Is Let's get the players, get go down to the lower leagues and bring some of the lads through and give them a chance. Mm. Liverpool wouldn't have signed Vardy, would they? Let's be honest about it. They, they, you know, Man United wouldn't have signed Vardy. Yeah, no. Because <laughs> they, they don't like, need to take a chance. They go abroad and buy somebody, but they, they should be taking a chance. I mean, I don't, I don't know why they
4: don't exactly it's like I, I was reading about Joe and Liverpool signed Sadio Mane and do you reckon scouts from all over Europe were watching Mane when he played for was it Salzburg he played for before yeah, Southampton
2: Salzburg P, yeah. yeah
4: and do you reckon basically Brendan Rodgers was told to go and send scouts <laughs> to look at him and do you, reckon, do you reckon basically Brendan Rodgers turned down the opportunity and I'm sure that Southampton paid about 8 million for him do you reckon quite a few scouts all over Europe were going for eight million? He's a, he's a steal, give it, give him a go, give him a try. Do you, do you look at modern day football now, eight million's nothing, is it? When you yeah. look at transfer fees that are getting paid, you'd you, you, you take a loss of eight million. You look at some of the Liverpool's transfer transfers, we've had almost five years, Christ almighty, eight million's nothing. And do you reckon all, he was saving his money for Balotelli,
5: wasn't he? That's what he was doing. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's
4: Balotelli. What do you yeah. reckon? Do you reckon that basically Liverpool? Well, Rogers was told, and his scout, his scout, team was told, take a look at him, take a gamble on him, eight million. He broke the he broke air, the goal scoring record in that league that season. No, the only side that took a gamble on him was Southampton, and you look now, what was it, three seasons later, and Liverpool have paid thirty-five million for him, and that's the yes. point what I was saying before, where the big clubs they've gone into the red now, or they think that let, let the lesser sides buy these players, the Southamptons, because Southampton have got a great record of. Buying players on the cheap and rinsing in Liverpool lately, hasn't he? Yeah. So, so Liverpool been... should just, they should cut out the middleman. whoever a Southampton <laughs> because... goal. Andy, do, do you get? Do you find? I mean, this is a thing I've always said.
5: I've done scouting myself, and I, I've never seen. When every time I've done scouting in the lower leagues, Liverpool scouts or Man United scouts, when you be like, at the games, did they ever send anybody to the lower lower leagues? Now I, I don't know whether you know, it's Not just man. me just going to I... them, but I just think. Where are these I, scouts? I are they just going abroad, getting on their aeroplanes and flying abroad and going in? And-
3: there's, well, I know that I know. Uh, I know that there's, there is one one club who have a head of South American recruitment, <laughs> um, yeah and you know, but what the biggest? Uh, what was it? I think they will do, Nick. But I think the, they concentrate the biggest amount of scouts in what they call the pre academy phase, yeah. from kids five to eight. I mean, you can. I mean, people tell you, I, I went to a tournament in the summer and one Premier League club dropped off their scouts on a coach for, yeah. for a tournament where the oldest team were under 11s. That's wrong, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and, it's, and that's what they did. And, and I've seen that, you know, it, it is. And like you said before, the parents' heads get turned. It's a bizarre situation where they're concentrating all the resources on that pre academy phase.
5: But I don't, but then they don't produce anybody. That. It,
3: it'd be different if
5: they turn around and said, we're, we're doing that because in the last 10 years, we've produced 10 players from those tournaments. But I mean, you know, it'd be nice to see you, whichever club it was. Has any of them ever gone on and done anything? This is the, this is the problem. You, you've hit an nail on the end. They sent 10 scouts. Why can't they send two for a start? So they must have more staff than they got. They got players. And, and if you want to watch a, a lad from, from South America, it's on every YouTube, on every television, on every wherever you want to be. Everybody else can tell you what they are. It, the stars are easy to pick out. It's the ones that don't cost any yeah. money, that you can, you know, a rough diamond that you can make some out of. I I watched the the, the conference as it was back then, and, and there were so many good lads play, playing in that, that I recommended to different clubs. Definitely. And you you wouldn't believe it. You actually had people saying, oh, we can't sign in. One club, I'm not going to mention it, is Turnaround to me, and so I said, there's a great player playing. Bloody well bloody! And they turned on. He said, "Ah, oh, we've had a look back into his thingy. He he had a he had a um a year at Wickham or somewhere like that, and he got released by them, so he can't be any good." I said, "It's got to be the biggest load of rubbish I've ever heard in my life." Yeah, look at him now. Forget what he's done then. Look at him now, playing now, banging goals in left, right, and centre. Anyway, he went. He went into the Premiership afterwards. and I was like, I laugh me off every time I think about it, but. Because they didn't give him a chat. Because somebody said, "Oh, probably one of their old scouts said, oh, we had him. We didn't see him, and he he got released by Wickham. He can't be any really good.' They can. Peter Beardsley got released by Man United. He came back.
2: Yeah, there's there's lots of tales, isn't there, of players like that? But problem that we have as well, isn't it, Andy? Like these these Premier League clubs, they sort of stockpile players. They have a they have a group of thirty and forty players, and then all of a sudden they'll they'll let a load go at once, won't they? And that's when um, that's when they're all scrambling around looking for for other teams.
3: It is. I mean, in in fairness to Liverpool at the moment, I was talking to the lads over there. They've been told that they've got to, they've got to really be elite in the players. That you know, the philosophy is, is that you know, we we want the best. Like you said, they were stockpiling players because they're frightened to death that those players would go elsewhere and be successful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in fairness, I know that it has come from the top at Liverpool that he said, "Look." You're not holding 23, 24 players, and you're under 13s, etc. anymore. You cut it to 16, and we'll work with those 16. And if somebody comes in, then we'll have a look, but we're going to work with those players. And I think, you know, what, you know, maybe to put Nick's mind at ease, I've just got a feeling that it might take four or five years, but I think in four or five years, Liverpool are going to, they're going to start bringing them through again, because I yeah. think that Klopp's got a blueprint. And he's certainly working at it from the from shall we you know from the foundations.
5: I hope so, because like I said, I think that, that every every club should should do it. That's what I'm saying. No, I think you know in this yeah. that's the issue I got. It's the same as what you just said. Is they're, they're they're keeping players so they can't go and play somewhere else. Well, that's got to be the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard of. What? Yeah. Why what, what didn't he sell them to him and have the buy buyback clause? At least they're going to get football and the lad's got a chance to prove himself. And he comes back to you if he's any good. I mean, that's what you know. Jordan Ibe. Look at Jordan Ibe for argument's sake. I thought he was going to replace Raheem Sterling. I thought he was that good. Yeah. At the time, he was a young lad who was really good. He was and, and he was lithe and he was quick. And that I watched him in a couple of games I did for radio, and, and I've never seen a bloke, well, a young lad, sort of physically develop so much where he looks like he's been in the gym, and he just lost all his pace and everything. I thought it's a completely different player, and he's and he's one of the lads who've nothing to do with Liverpool, nothing to do with anybody else. And like you said about Wayne Rooney earlier on, I hope he just doesn't keep going down and down and down because he's got so much ability, but he needs to, it's down to him now, to buck his ideas up. He was on the fringe of the England squad, or he's in the England squad, and he's got and he's gone to that. And you think, you know, don't, don't let the opportunity grow, go by. You've had a chance at Liverpool, now you've gone to Bournemouth, and I can just see him slipping down even
4: further. Do you think it's, it's the case, though, Nick, what we touched on the other night now, where footballers young footballers at Premier League clubs like Prima donnas, they're pampered and they think yeah. they've made it where yourself when you were young Andy getting, said it they're more worried you, about their toilet bags their boots they got on the girlfriend the
5: phone this and that and the, the, the car and stuff I tried to get a lad to go to Bristol Robles about three years ago from from Liverpool reserves and he was on £15,000 Well, Bristol Robles <laughs> manager term manager said but he hadn't even played a game <laughs> I said oh, I don't know <laughs> just passing the information on. I was asked to go and get a, a forward. It was £15,000, never played a game. Oh, yeah, no. That's the problem you got. And, you know, when like, like Andy said earlier on, they're more worried about their, their image than what they are about rolling their sleeves up and getting on with it. And it comes too easy fun. for them,
2: doesn't it? Right. Okay, then, lads. What we're going to do now is head over to our quiz part of the show. Oh, Five no. question, shootout. That's <laughs> <question laughs> by our friend, Michael Yar, from the Game of Thrones. So... First question is going to go to Nick because Liverpool are the home side so that's how we do do, do the quiz, isn't it? I'm going to ask all the questions because I've sent Peter them and he says my camera's a load of rubbish and... (laughs) (laughs) So... It wasn't
4: that polite what I said it wasn't rubbish.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) First question to yourself, Nick, is against which team did Divock Origi score his first goal for Liverpool? Was it Aston Villa Southampton or Everton
5: it was definitely Southampton
2: that's the correct answer
5: one to I you, one you really? keep that's the it? I'm, I'm retiring that's enough <laughs> I didn't get one the other night
2: you're parking <laughs> the bus <laughs> at 1-0 <laughs> <laughs> ok first question for Andy who scored the most Premier League goals for Manchester United last season from Anthony Martial Marcus Rashford or one Mata
3: uh, one matter. I was, because uh, he was right up there, full stop with a goal scorer.
2: Premier League goals, Andy. It was actually Anthony Martial. Oh. Yeah, he already got 11. Matter, six, and Rashford, five. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>.
5: Second question. <laughs> Don't worry. I won't get any more, Andy. Don't worry. I won't
2: get any more. <laughs> Second question for yourself, Nick. How many appearances did Kevin Stewart make for Liverpool in the 2015 season? Was it? Seven, nine, or eleven.
5: Now do you count appearances as starts? Because this is what a little argument here.
2: Is that? Appear- appearances is in whether he's come on as a substitute and starts. Right, so what'd you say what just quite a lot. So what, how many did you say? Either seven, nine, or eleven. Eleven. It's another good answer. That's uh, oh. two zero. Okay. And <laughs> that's <it's> a <laughs> question you did send me the questions as well mine email by mistake didn't you <laughs> <laughs> no you never oh no no ok which player made the most substitute appearances last year for Manchester United oh. from Ander Herrera Memphis Depay or Marowan Fellaini oh
3: I'm going to go with Memphis because he came off the bench a lot towards the end of the season correct answer
2: Andy yep 13 Herrera 10 Fellaini 6 2-1 Third question for yourself Nick Who has scored the most Premier League goals This season for Liverpool From Roberto Firmino James Milner Or Sadio Mane Ooh That's uh, uh, Could they all be tied now
5: It's a definite answer Is it not a draw So I'm going to go for
2: (laughs) it One with more than the others
5: Definitely want to try
2: and get your phone out of your hand
5: and have a look on. It. Um, <laughs> no, no cheating. No, I'm not cheating. I, I wouldn't under one there.
2: It's got to be Firmino. It's actually James Milner.
5: Oh, I knew you're going to say that. Penalties <laughs> don't three. count his goals anyway. <laughs> <I don't laughs> he's got four. Yeah,
2: Firmino three. Yeah, and Firmino three and Mane three. So he's our top goal scorer. Oh no. Right. Fourth. So that's uh, That's two one, isn't it? P. Yeah. Two one still yet two one Andy can level it. Nick can uh, Andy can level it with his third question now. Okay, against which team did Marcus Rashford score his first Premier League goal? Was it Manchester City, Liverpool, or Arsenal?
3: Uh, Man City. Last year when he came on, wasn't it?
2: It was the game before that. Andy Arsenal his debut, oh, wasn't oh, it? Oh, oh.
3: At all <laughs> I think I can see the goal against City as well. I thought that's the one. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Okay.
2: We'll obviously edit this quiz out, won't we? <laughs> oh, we had to last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to do it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fourth question for yourself, Nick. Still 2 1. Which international team does Sadio Mane represent? I thought you were going to give me three answers then. No, no, no! Straight off the
5: back, this one. Oh, way. come on! Sadio Mané plays four. Oh, I know it as well. I can see him now running down the wing in, in his green in <laughs> with red shorts. Is it? But his green and red shorts. Is it
2: <clears> he <throat> got? I'm not sure
5: what colour the kit is. <laughs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> Senegal.
2: Correct
5: answer. <laughs>
0: oh, come
5: on! <laughs> I was actually <laughs> thinking. Of, I was thinking of Cameroon. I was thinking of Cameroon. <laughs> green and red, and then I thought you can't be Cameroonian.
2: No, that, that's my, that's that's isn't it? Yeah, I think they're playing Senegal. Senegal playing yellow, don't they? P. Uh, I
4: don't have a clue, mate. I'm not clued up on me African international. <laughs> and he, hey, you he
2: didn't even get three right That wasn't bad. So that's three-one. Andy's fourth question now. I could can't be, lose that By the way, like Liverpool, like you said. Yeah. yeah could be. A, oh, it could be a tiebreaker. Though the nightmare that oh. I have every single week on this quiz. Oh, no. Okay, fourth question <laughs> for you, Andy, is which international team? The United youngster Timothy fosu Mensa represents. <laughs> Goodness me!
1: Uh, <laughs> Good luck. Yeah.
5: Uh, well, uh, I think that's a bit, bit of a harsh question. You're asking about first team players, and then you've gone
3: in. Is he a first yeah, team? Yeah, he's a first team player. Yeah, yeah he's playing in the first team. Yeah, I tell you, he's a big unit as well because got him from. Uh, they, well, they're going from the Dutch club, didn't they? So there's a clue there. There's a clue there. I say Dutch because they got him from a Dutch club, didn't
2: they? That would be the correct answer. Good answer, though. Well, it
3: would be Holland, really. There's no
2: such team as Dutch if we're going to be a
3: bit.
2: <laughs> <that>. <laughs> right. Okay. So scores on the doors, P, going into the third final question each
4: 3 2 to Nick. Oh, 3 2 no.
2: to Nick. Okay. Transfer question this for both of oh, you. Okay. No. From which club? Did Liverpool sign Your favourite left back Nick Albert Moreno Oh no
5: Atletico Madrid
2: The wrong answer It's actually severe. Edit that so out It's severe. Severe. <laughs> so Andy's got the chance Here to come back With a three Andy don't three do
5: four. it We've missed Coronation Street And everything
2: <laughs> Right Andy Here's your chance Drum roll please Yeah From which <laughs> club did Manchester United sign Chris Smalling?
3: <laughs> oh, that's easy. Oh, yeah. Fulham.
2: That's the correct answer. Yeah, it is. Three,
5: well, I mean, that's a different yeah. question, isn't it? Lower league
2: <laughs> club.
3: Lower league club. We're on about that. Yeah. Exactly. Came through non-league. He was released. Was it Southend he was released from? Yeah.
2: I think yeah. it was. Yeah, I think it was. Right. Yeah. Okay, then. You have put me in a predicament once again, my guests, with a... <laughs> with a Having to go to a tiebreaker question. Good job, I've got there. Uh, got one lined up here. What's uh, this? Quick on the draw or what? What's the? Yeah, what it is. I asked a question. This is going to be the adjudicator. Right. Say your name. Whoever he thinks it is first will get the chance to answer the question. And then if you get it wrong, obviously the other person then gets the chance to come in. So as soon as I end the question, come in with your name. Which player scored the first ever Premier League goal to be screened on live television? Nick. Oh. oh, go on, Nick. It was against me.
5: Teddy Sheringham.
2: Oh, <laughs> it was the correct answer. I didn't know you played in the game.
5: <laughs> it was against me. That's the one that keeps coming up on the on the premiership. Every time he, he cuts oh, in. Really? Andy, Andy, just let me tell you this, Andy. It was, every time I watch it, the lads I used to manage used to say, you told us to show him down the line. I, I didn't show him down the line. He cut inside and bent it in the top corner past David James. <laughs>
2: Hey, what do you think? I'm gonna to have to ask another one. Is that unfair because and was uh, yeah. actually part of the answer listen, and the question. No, listen,
3: that—that that is
2: Pete. Ab- That's gold. <laughs>
3: that is absolute gold. Listen.
5: <laughs> Have a look when you see it. Have a look at what you tell every defender not to do. Don't get there too quick. <laughs> Show him down the line. He ain't got a right. He got a left foot. he ain't got inside and bent if, it in the top corner. If you don't get that clip on Twitter for this podcast. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And do you know the funniest thing about that day? Just let me tell you this quick story. We, and this is Brian Clough's here, mine. We got to the ground. We had our tracksuits on. And he's in the room. He must have been having a few drinks or something. With... Uh, his assistant, oh, was Archie Knox, I think it was back then, and <laughs> was Archie not Archie Knox? Who's his assistant? Uh, Archie Gemmell. Oh, oh Gemmell. And uh, we we were in. It wasn't it was after Peter Taylor, so I'm sure it was him. Anyway, we were in, we were walked out to come out to go on the pitch and look at the pitch, and he came running after me and Mike Marsh and grabbed all the marshy. Said, "Where the fuck do you think you're going?" <laughs> his assistant to me said, "Boss," he said, "Boss, that's the other team. That's Liverpool players." He went, "Oh, oh." Oh, sorry, Lance, what a lovely young man. And I laugh my head off. Where the fuck do you think you're going? I said, we can have a walk on the pitch if it's all right with you.
2: And yeah, like Andy says, we're going to have to get Dave to do a little edit to that. And we're going to have to get it on Twitter later on. Fantastic stuff. Brilliant, Brilliant stuff. Okay, lads, just before we, um, we finish the show, what we're going to do is play a little bit of music by our unsigned band or artist and this week we've got a guy called joe probert who's been in touch with us joe uh, sends us a little biography of himself which i'll read out before i play the track joe is 19 years of age one of the uk's most promising singer songwriting talents born and raised in bristol joe is one of those natural born talents self-taught and single-mindedly motivated to deliver fresh music that people will love joe doesn't Boast a strong inheritance to music. He openly admits that the extent of his family's music interests came from listening to the likes of Queen, ELO, Simon and Garfunkel, and the likes of that. By the tender age of 14, whilst other kids were on their Xbox and things like that, Joe was already out on the streets of Bristol and and bath busking, wowing unsuspecting members of the public with his outstanding vocal ability. So the track I'm going to play for you tonight is called Shake This Faith by Joe Probert.
0: We don't see eye to eye, but I love you to the bone, and you are like my second home. And I don't wanna see you cry, but if you ever cross me, you will be my enemy. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just hoping you stay a while. And I can't change this. I can't shake this. Babe. I can't shake this. Babe. And I was sick of being down. It's only now. Trying to change your mind I'm just hoping you stay a while. Ooh, I can change this I can shake this Ooh, Running all my life Ooh, As hard as I try I'm not trying to change your mind I'm just hoping you stay a while.
2: Him back in that be back yeah. Okay and the second song we're going to play for you tonight on the cop table podcast is a song by at bronny 97 on Twitter. Bronnie is a teen pop punk singer from Liverpool and is a big red. Two years ago she was in American Idol host Ryan Seacrest's worldwide cover contest. She got support from various artists, such as One Direction's Louis Tomlinson. She also went on to win that contest. She currently She's currently recording with 5 Seconds of Summer producers John Delph and Mark Winterburn at Edge Recording Studios in Manchester. And if you want to follow her on Twitter, you can follow her at Bronnie97. She's She'll follow you back, and she's always up for a good chat. So the song I'm going to play for you tonight is called High School Sucks by Bronny 97 excellent song okay thank you very much Nick thank you very much Andy for coming on as guests to the cop table podcast of the Manchester United preview lads
3: no problem you yeah, really enjoyed it
2: excellent stuff thank you very much so that's the preview of the Manchester United game all done by the cop table Meet to you all very soon good night
1: of the glory round